It's time for this week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school basketball is powered by the Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, developing in students the skills they need to lead themselves and others to success. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Uh, happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to playoff basketball. <laughs> Officially, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the, um, the girls have been underway for a week, but the boys got started Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now we're into the really important games. That's right. Yep. Sectional uh, sectional semifinals for girls basketball on Tuesday evening. Uh, sectional championship game slated for Thursday evening, although it's supposed to snow again Thursday, so we'll mm-hmm. see how that works out. And, uh, yeah, boys' regionals uh, semifinal round on Wednesday with the regional championship games Friday, so it'll be a busy week. Uh, Tonight's pretty much the only day of the week that there's not something going on in the the preps world right now. All right, I'm Jim Rosso. Our producer is Dave Leak. That's Colin Likas who survived three days of wrestling. That's good to know, Colin Likas. Now you can focus on the sport that you really love, (laughs) basketball. Hey, see, now I don't want that to to sound like I don't enjoy wrestling because I do, but I I didn't uh, didn't get tackled by anybody or taken down or anything like that, so that was was a positive experience. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to all of our state participants in wrestling, especially the ones who finished with a top six medal. Uh, Very cool for them. But we are here to talk about some basketball, and we're going to do that starting with some girls' basketball, specifically the St. Thomas Moore team, which was nice enough to send three of its athletes over this evening. Glad to be joined in studio by Maddie Swisher, Rory Kornstrom, and Emma Devasell. Devasell, I'm going to get that name right <laughs> sooner or later. All three important members of the St. Thomas Moore team that is 17 and 12, leading into a sectional semifinal tomorrow night against Watsika. Girls, thanks for making the short trip over. And, Maddie, I'll start off with you. Just to be in a sectional semifinal, uh, you guys were a sixth seed, but you bucked all the all the projections, I guess, and won a regional championship. How exciting is this just to, to see this season keep going? Um, it's super exciting to, exciting to see all our hard work pay off and for us to prove to everybody how much work and extra time we've put in on the season. And Rory, uh, you guys went in. You you had to play a regional quarterfinal game, which uh, not 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 many other teams that are still in the tournament had to do. What do you feel like that did for you guys, as far as you know, just getting you in the gear and the postseason gear and, and helping you to to reach a higher level so you could knock off those next two teams? Um, I think grabbing that momentum from the first game really gave us an extra push throughout the tournament that some of the other teams that we played didn't really have because they were coming into it fresh and we had already started and we had already started playing and Emma you guys knocked off a better seeded St. Teresa team in the semifinal round then you beat a Leroy team that kind of also was in upset mode they were the five seed in that regional and you guys knocked them off pretty handily at 50 to 39 uh which one of those three wins uh, in that regional do you feel most stood out obviously the championship game is important because it's a championship but was there any one of those three that was like all right we're really clicking right now and things are going well I would say it's the third game. Um, we knew coming into the half that they were going to come back because that's what they had been doing, and they did, but we were able to keep ahead, and I think that really stood out. Yeah, and uh, Maddie, this team, one thing that stands out to me about it is you guys are all underclassmen on this team. There's no seniors on this roster. How has this group of athletes uh, been able to to overcome teams with, with some seniors and keep this season going when so many other teams have, have lost and fallen by the wayside? 
Um, this team just puts in the most amount of effort that they possibly can. Everyone's always giving 110% and staying extra time in the gym and putting in the extra work since we're all um, underclassmen and juniors and stuff. We realized we had to put in more work than everybody else, and so we did that. Now, Rory, uh, one of the things about this team is uh, it hasn't had a, a steady, consistent head coach for the last few seasons, but then your mother, Aaron Cornstrom, has made the head coach, and, and things have gone well overall this season. Uh, from your perspective as her daughter, but also as a, a key member of the team, what has it been like having your mom as the coach, and what has she helped uh, bring to the table for this team? Um, it's been nice. I think she's brought some stability, like being together on and off the court and planning extra things to do. But I think she's also really working on fundamentals, which is what we need because we're a young team. We don't have to worry about winning and the expectations. We just need to work on learning the game better. Sure. And Emma, how do you feel this team has come together throughout the course of the season? Was there, kind of similar to my last question, but just throughout the whole season, was there a specific point where you guys really felt like you started to to get things heading in the right direction and you felt like, yeah, we can make some noise in the playoffs, we could win a regional or something like that? Yeah, so with a new coach and a new really key player, it was was really new, but throughout the season, everyone just got closer and we learned to play off of each other, and I think that really helped. Talking with Maddie Swisher, Rory Kornstrom, and Emma Devosell of the St. Thomas More Girls Basketball Program. And uh, Maddie, obviously you're known to at least some around here as the All-Area Girls Tennis Player of the Year of the last few seasons. Is there anything from tennis that's really helped you uh, excel on the basketball court? I know obviously it's two different sports, and you're, you're playing as a post player for this basketball team. Is there anything that kind of translates for you over from one sport to the other? Um, I think leadership definitely being... Um, one of the better players on the tennis team and like helping people learn the sport like the new girls on the team definitely carried over to basketball and helping the freshmen and just being a leader on the court. Sure and uh, Rory I know you've had a, a pretty standout season here in basketball as well. You got an MVP award in a, in the Illini Prairie Sangamo tournament a little earlier on. Uh, for you how have you seen both yourself and uh, all of your teammates around you grow and develop throughout this season? I mean what have been some of the key areas where you guys have felt like you've really improved? Uh, yeah like I think Emma said we really play off of each other and I think we've really just worked on the basics and going back to learning the beginnings of basketball and being able to play off of that when other teams are trying to do flashy stuff or stuff that we don't do we kind of just play basketball sure sure and emma you guys were sitting at uh eight and ten on january 17th you lost a game to st joseph ogden uh but but since then i mean you guys have only lost two games it's been a really good run here just how much fun has it been to to be part of something like that where maybe you felt like the potential was within you guys and you just needed some time to see it come out it's really fun i mean especially having no expectations we just get to play how we know how to play and make the most out of it sure now, Maddie, uh, coming up for you guys, facing a tough Watsika team tomorrow night, like I mentioned, uh, without giving away too much of the game plan or anything, uh, what's kind of the expectation going in there? What are, what are you guys uh, looking for out of them, and, and how do you feel you match up with them? Um, I think we match up pretty well. As long as we keep our heads and just stick to what we know and we don't try to do anything fancy, um, I think we have a really good shot. Sure. And Rory, you guys are part of a really tough Illini Prairie Conference. Most of your opponents in that conference are playing Class 2A in the postseason. How much do you feel that as well prepared you guys for the Class 1A playoffs? Um, I think it's prepared us extremely well because 
we're playing against teams, which some we've come head-to-head with, who are way bigger than us and who we don't see in the postseason. But some of the 1A teams that we see have only played smaller schools. And so we just have that little advantage of playing schools that are bigger than us and more skilled than us. Sure. And Emma, you guys were over in Leroy for the regional, which is a little bit of a little bit of a drive. And you're in Farmer City now uh, for the sectional, which is, I would say, a shorter drive, certainly. Uh, how much does it help uh, being somewhat closer to Champaign, knowing it's going to be easier for your fans to get over there and maybe make the gym loud for you guys? Oh, it's extremely helpful for the environment, and it helps us keep our heads when the fans are more equal and not just them against us. Maddie Swisher, Rory Kornstrom, and Emma Devosell, St. Thomas More girls basketball players. Like I said, you can catch them tomorrow night against Watsika, 7.30 p.m., Class 1A Blue Ridge sectional semifinal. Girls, thanks again for making the trip over, and good luck on Tuesday night. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. When we come back, we are going to be joined by Tuscola Boys Basketball Coach Justin Bozarth. So stay tuned for that. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 611, we're back in Champaign with the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas with Dave Leak. Jim Rosso is off with our three St. Thomas More Girls basketball players preparing something for the Prep Confidential that runs every week in the News Gazette's print pages. Thanks again to Maddie Swisher, Rory Cornstrom, and Emma Devosell for coming out here and sharing some thoughts on the Sabres, who are certainly having a great season. Can never count out a team from the Illini Prairie Conference come postseason time with how tough that league is. It is very difficult to defeat a team from the Illini Prairie Conference once they get to the playoffs. So looking forward to see how the Sabres handle a good matchup tomorrow night against Watsika in the sectional semifinal round. Well, boys basketball not quite to the sectionals yet, still in the regional semifinal round. Uh, which will take place Wednesday evening across the state. Included in that is top-seeded Tuscola taking on 10th-seeded La Salette in La Salette's first-ever IHSA postseason. So this will be a postseason matchup we've never seen before. And I'm glad to be joined now on the show by Tuscola boys basketball coach Justin Bozarth, who has led his team to a 25-6 and record so far this season. Justin, thanks for being part of the show this evening. Hey, Colin. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, you, you and I have talked throughout the season. Obviously, this season had high uh, expectations, you know, with a team led by future Loyola athlete Jalen Quinn, a lot of returning starters, uh, several underclassmen, sitting at 25-6 and six with a number one seed leading into a regional semifinal. Is this where you expected this group to be right now, or wh- how have you felt about the way this team is looking going into the playoffs? Yeah, we're uh, you know that, that, that's a good question, and we're we're happy to be where we're at. Uh, obviously, we we've got goals to get to this week, and uh, um, if you would ask me at the start of the season, is, is this where we would have been at? I probably would have told you that we had the potential to get there, um, and, and I still think that that we have the potential to uh, to to continue to have some success. Uh, but uh, we'll have our hands full uh, starting Wednesday night. Well, uh, you guys loaded up the non-conference portion of your schedule early in the season, as you usually do. But then you, you loaded up the non-conference portion of your schedule during the middle and end of the season as well. When you know you had to balance with some uh, CIC games, but you know I look at a game like you guys played against uh, Stewart's and Strasburg on February 12th, when you travel to Nioga three nights later. 
Uh, you guys have really uh, prepared yourselves, I would think, for this postseason. Just having those tough games at the end of the season that you did, both in the CIC and outside of it, how much did it ready these guys for the rigors of the playoffs? It did. Uh, our schedule was was fantastic this year, and uh, you kind of hit it on the head. We, we played some really high-caliber teams late in the season, which uh, hopefully prepares you for some really good environments in the postseason. And, and uh, you know, everybody knows in the postseason you got to bring it uh, every single night or, or that's it. And, uh, you know, we tried to a couple weeks ago as we started to gear up for some of those games, we, we tried to emulate that and, uh, and have that mindset. And, and it, it was beneficial for us because we learned some lessons uh, that, you know, there was one particular game versus Windsor Stu Strauss where we, we weren't ready to play that night, and, uh, and and they took it to us pretty good. So it, we're fortunate that that it happened during the regular season, and hopefully you can you can learn a lesson as you as you head into the postseason. Well, that Windsor Stewart and Strasburg game was coming on the heels of facing a, a really good making Meridian team the night prior in a game that ended up going double overtime. You guys come up short, but then you rematch them in the CIC uh, tournament championship. You beat him in regulation by two points. I feel like Tuscola is probably still buzzing about those two games. How high level were those matchups? Those were uh, for the for the for the fan. They were high quality basketball with two really good teams in, in two really good environments. So uh, it, it was a lot of fun for for players, coaches, uh, fans. Um, the the one that we let slip away was was of course at our place, but we had an unbelievable crowd for a Friday night regular season high school basketball game. Uh, probably since, since um, you know, we've been doing this for five years now. It was by far the best crowd that we've had at a home game, and uh, just just made the just made the whole night uh, electric uh, because of our fans. And, and of course, we had some chances to win that game, and, and we let it slip. Uh, but we were fortunate uh, to, to get to do it about two games later and uh, at their place uh, in a similar environment. That that uh, that second game, uh, the CIC tournament championship game. Obviously, you guys started that tournament earlier on. You had your first game in the tournament January 29th. Your second game on February 1st, and then the weather, of course, got involved and, and necessitated the postponement of the championship against Meridian. And you move it all the way to February 16th. What's it like coming back to continue a tournament that you started prior? Yeah, it was uh, obviously uh, not the most ideal setup or situation, but uh, yeah, it was something that that the conference talked about. Look, we we didn't get to have a conference tournament last year. It was mm-hmm. it was critically important that that we have a championship game and a crown of champion this year, so we don't go two year uh, two straight years without it. So uh, you know, we we started looking at dates as soon as the uh, the original date was canceled and. Um, of course, late in the season, everybody's got uh, three or four weeks, uh, three or four games in a season, and uh, this that was the the one date that worked out. Uh, so whether whether that was two weeks later, uh, a couple days later, we, we we had to play it, and uh, you know it was it made for it made for a special night for us. Talking with Tuscola boys basketball coach Justin Bozarth and talking about these guys. Uh, obviously, you and I uh, have shared plenty of thoughts about Jalen over the last four years, even before he, he had his first high school basketball game. But it just seems like lately, you know, I, I don't know how he feels exactly about it, but it just feels like he, he realizes his high school basketball career is coming to a close and he's just put his put his foot to the floor, stepped on the gas, whatever you want to say, because the, the scoring and rebounding and assist totals he's been putting up of late have just been, even for him, really staggering. Uh, do you kind of see him playing some of his best basketball right now? Yeah, we, we, without a doubt. And it's not just Jalen, but it, but it's all of our seniors. Um, I think you get to this point in the season and, and the seniors kind of see the, the clock winding down and it's, uh, 
Um, it's important for them, um, and you can just see from a leadership focus too with, with Jalen and uh, and his his same age classmates, like that, their intensity of practice, their focus, their um, just attention to all detail. It's it's it's, it's raised to another level uh, because they they know that uh, you know your next bad game uh, could be your last game, and uh, um, you know he, he's definitely playing uh, at, at a high level as he always does. Uh, but but just his his focus and determination has certainly uh, risen over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and talking about those seniors, two of your post presences, Haven Hatfield and Preston Brown. Haven, obviously, uh, I guess this isn't obvious if you're not following Tuscaloosa Athletics, but he did just sign with the University of Indianapolis football team. Just having those two post presences down there, Haven 6'3", Preston 6'4", they're both athletic kids. How much do you think that's going to pay dividends in the Class 1A postseason as well? It'll definitely help us, and, and both of those guys have been really, really good compliments to each other, um, in, in spelling each other and, and staying fresh. And, and we always have at least one of those guys on the court at all times. And, and just to, um, you know, to, to have an inside presence, but, but specifically to have, you know, an inside presence who's a senior leader as well uh, vocally. And um, both those guys just, just have, have had tremendous seasons for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, of course, our hope that, uh, you know, they, they keep making, making memories over the next couple of weeks with their buddies. And uh, this, uh, this team has a good mix of seniors, juniors, and sophomores. I want to highlight two sophomores as well. Two very different guys uh, when you look at them. Josiah Horton, he, uh, he runs cross-country. He's five foot nine, playing the guard position. Jordan Quinn, 6'2", Jalen's brother, plays linebacker on the football team. Uh, two different guys, but two guys who are providing you a lot of help as far as scoring, uh, in Jordan's case, rebounding, just a lot of uh, intangibles as well. How, how much growth have you seen in them throughout this season? Oh, it's been huge, and they're they're a huge reason for our success of late. Is just their growth as as varsity basketball players over the course of the year. Uh, we we knew going into the season that both those guys would, would be instrumental. Uh, we we probably didn't know that that both those guys would be immediate impact guys in our starting lineup, but uh, you know they they kind of uh, cemented themselves uh, there in our, in our rotation, and each of those guys is capable of being our. You know, second leading scorer just about every single night. Um, it, it's potentially one of those guys, and um, but uh, probably the, the, their biggest stride that they've made is at the defensive end, and, and that's something that uh, you know, just with younger kids, it, it takes them a little bit longer to uh, kind of um, expand their their attention to detail when it comes to a scouting report and that sort of thing. But uh, they they've definitely made huge gains, and um, uh, you know, have just been fantastic uh, the last couple weeks for us uh, as we gear up here for the postseason. And your guys' postseason began on Saturday with a win over Heritage, 76-22. It's a little different but different situation in Class 1A than it is in 2A, 3A, or 4A, where even though you had a one seed, you're still playing on Saturday in that regional quarterfinal round. Uh, the, the, the postseason setup's a little bit different this year than it has been in recent years. I want to get your thoughts as a coach of a number one seeded team did you like getting to play that early game that you normally wouldn't have? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this new format? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I actually kind of liked it. Uh, it was an opportunity for, you know, eight of our 16 teams in our subsectional to, to host a home game, which um, you, you don't get to do in a typical regional. And uh, obviously, you know, we, we were able to host Heritage, which just gives our, our you know, seniors another chance to, to play on our home court. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, the atmosphere is a little bit different on a Saturday afternoon in a regional game. You, you don't get a, the same turnout that you do when you're playing multiple games on a Tuesday or Wednesday night in a regional. But, uh, yeah, over, overall, I think I like it. Of course, uh, you know, if we had to go on the road, I'm not sure if I would like it as much. <laughs> but uh, this, this particular year, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, it was a good addition to, uh, to our schedule. And then, uh, as I mentioned at the top, you guys have uh, an unfamiliar opponent as far as IHSA postseason goes coming up here on Wednesday uh, in the Class 1A Arcola Regional Semifinals facing La Salette uh, out of Georgetown, the Boys Academy. It's their first year in the IHSA postseason. They beat Tri-County on Saturday in order to win their first ever IHSA playoff game. How are you preparing for that matchup against a team that uh, uh, certainly not one that I imagine you have as much familiarity with as some other teams in your regional? Right, yeah, we we haven't had the head-to-head uh, competition versus them, and uh, you know, just kind of treating it uh, very similar to to all of our other opponents, where you, we gather as much film as we can on them and and break it down and try to find some teams that are that are similar as to us in skill set and philosophy and style, and and kind of see how um, you know they played against those guys and 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 how they guard and, and what they run and that sort of thing. So. Still the same. Uh, attention to detail is just a little bit more difficult because uh, obviously we don't have a template uh, to where we've already played them. Justin Bozart, Tuscola Boys basketball coach. You can catch his kids on Wednesday night, 6 p.m. over in Arcola facing La Salette. Justin, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck on Wednesday and the rest of the postseason. Appreciate everything, Colin. Thanks so much. Love seeing the Warriors and their fans on the cover of High School Confidential mm-hmm. and Friday's paper. Uh, the uh, St. Thomas More girls, who you just had on the radio, are going to be the cover subject of this week's High School Confidential. When they left the radio booth, they had a photo shoot <laughs> with our Anthony Zills. If you're on Snapchat, check that out at news underscore gazette, or hyphen gazette, I'm sorry, and uh, see how that played out. And we, uh, of course, love the photos of Anthony Zillis, who probably more well-known for his videography around these parts, but mm-hmm. you're wondering, you know, why isn't Robin Schultz taking those photos? Because she is going to be doing our next Faces photo mm-hmm. shoot on Sunday, the Faces of Spring, bringing baseball, softball, girls, soccer, track and field, boys, tennis athletes from across the area. I expect the turnout to be great, probably in the 200s. Should be a really fun time. And better yet, Dave Leak, our producer of this mm-hmm. fine show, will be in charge of uh, taping promos. Uh, the kids really get a kick out of doing a little radio mm-hmm. while they're here, and you'll hear their voices throughout the spring ahead of uh, Illinois events. Absolutely. Well, before we go to our next break, I want to highlight all of the local girls teams that are still in postseason contention by listing their uh, regional, or I'm sorry, sectional semifinal matchups coming on Tuesday. They're all Tuesday night. Uh, we got nine local teams still kicking in the okay. girls' basketball postseason. It's a good I, number. I'm going to tell you who's going to win then, too. You give All me right. the game, and I'll tell you if they're going to win. Okay, we'll start off with our only remaining Class 3A team, the top-seeded Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs mm-hmm. against the second-seeded Rochester Rockets. W, no w. question about no it. No question. Yeah, easy. Oh, you don't want to mess uh, mess with Rochester at all? A little payback for basketball or soccer, soccer. if I remember. That's All right. right. Uh, in the Class 2A Piatone sectional semifinals, it's going to be top-seeded St. Joseph Ogden against third-seeded Prairie Central in an Illini Prairie rematch. Sparty party, okay. W. They did beat Prairie Central during the regular season, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. All right. Uh, also in that sectional, uh, top-seeded Fieldcrest against third-seeded Paxton Buckley Loda. I don't sleep on the Panthers, all right? I'm going right. to go with the PBL upset. Oh, boy. Fieldcrest is going to be upset out in uh, Mononk. Am I pronouncing that right? Mononk? Out of our area, I don't it care is. they lose. Oh, no. <laughs> 
in the Class 1A Blue Ridge sectional semifinals, top-seeded Mount Pulaski taking on fourth-seeded Ridgeview. Well, Ridgeview, you don't mess with the Mustangs. You do not, uh, and they've right. been hot of late. Yeah, so I'm going with another upset there. In the other sectional semifinal in, uh, in Farmer City, it's top-seeded Watsika against <clears throat> six-seeded St. Thomas Moore. Well, uh, sorry, Warriors, but the Sabres are going to wow. pull off another upset. They did come join us on radio, so I can't pick against them. Robin Schultz will be there at, joining you tomorrow night That's for right. uh, photos, so be sure to go to newsgazette.com I will, be, I will be there. And then in the Class 1A Tuscola sectional over uh, down in Tuscola, the top-seeded Tri-County Titans against the second-seeded Effingham St. Anthony Bulldogs. Well, Tri-County is a powerhouse. Yeah, yes. I can't go against them. That's right. And top-seeded Nioga against third-seeded Tuscola in a rematch of the Monticello Holiday Hoopla Championship. I go with Tuscola simply by their warm-ups because they okay. are, again, as I've said this many times, the coolest in our area. You like the yellow and black stripes? Mm-hmm, I really do. I think it's better than I use red and white, personally. Yes, so there's Jim Rosso's predictions. You'll get my predictions as well in tomorrow's News Gazette. Yes. Wrote some capsules up. Uh, mine. Uh, some of those are the same, I will admit. They're not all the same, though. There are, I, I, I diverge from Jim in a few areas. That's all right. Uh, it's a big week for girls basketball as we uh, count down the road to uh, Redbird Arena, right? That's right. Yeah. And normal, yeah. Hopefully we have uh, at least one team there, but we'd like to have a few if possible. Hey, you have a sp- – I don't want to keep harping on wrestling, but you have a story coming on uh, four uh, girl wrestlers. That's right. Uh, uh, later this week, speaking yeah. of girls sports, and that's – they visited us uh, in our studios last week. Very cool. Yeah, we're going to have the first ever IHSA Girls Wrestling State Tournament starting on Friday in, in Bloomington. That should be really cool. We had four local athletes qualify, two from Unity, one from Gibson City Fisher, the cooperative, and one from Westfield, Georgetown Ridge Farm, the cooperative. Uh, brought those girls into the studio last week and really looking forward to sharing their story in Friday's paper. Okay. Well, um Tell you what, we're going to uh, take our next break. This is uh, a a long show, so we will uh, deal with some boys' basketball predictions uh, later on. Do I get to pick my locals winning then? Yes, we will. And uh, we're also going to hear from a coach of one of those boys' teams, Darren Basil of the Prairie Central Boys' Program. Don't tell him I picked against the girls' team, all right? I won't. All right, we'll be back after this. You're listening to the U of I Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential Show on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 6.30, Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, Mr. Do-It-All, Dave Leak, part of a uh, four-hour power window of sports mm. coverage on these radio stations. Uh, Brad Underwood coming next, talking pizza again, Papa Dell's Pizza. <laughs> All right, that's where they're at tonight, 7 to 8. It'll be interested to hear his take on all things Juwan Howard, on uh, handshake yeah. lanes, uh, lines, uh, the game against Ohio State, whether snow is going to mess things up again, mm-hmm. but that should be an interesting show as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we've still got some prep basketball to talk about before we get to Coach Underwood, including an interview with Prairie Central Boys basketball coach Darren Bazell, who I'm glad to be joined now on the show by – Got there eventually. Darren, thanks so much for being part of the show this evening. (laughs) Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Oh, absolutely. And the Hawks right now are at 23-7, heading into a regional quarterfinal game in the Class 2A Gibson City Melvin Sibley Regional against Iroquois West. 23-7, you know, with not a lot of seniors on this team. In fact, just one senior on this team. I would say it's a pretty good spot to be in, but how do you feel about the way this team has looked so far this season, Darren? Well, I, I have to say I've been very pleased with so many things that these young guys have done, and we're working really hard right now. They know they have a great opportunity ahead of them. 
we have a couple great teams that we have to beat to uh, to win our regional, starting with Iroquois West, who's going to be a handful. They got size. They have some good shooters. And uh, hopefully if we get by them, we, we get to see uh, Monticello again. And, uh, yeah, you talk about uh, Iroquois West. We'll uh, get to them a little bit more here uh, a little later on in the interview. But I want to talk about also your Illini Prairie Conference schedule. I just had some girls from St. Thomas More on here talking about how tough the Illini Prairie is. And that's definitely the case on the boys' side of things as well. And you guys finished 8-2 and two in that Illini Prairie Conference. How much do you feel those games have helped prepare your guys for what you're about to see in the postseason, especially since, as you just told me, you're hoping to see Monticello, a fellow Illini Prairie team, later on down the road? Well, I think it's huge. I, our, our our conference is, in my opinion, one of the toughest two-way conferences south of Chicago. And um, I think it will bode well for us have, having to play in that. And uh, our guys competed really hard. Like like you said, we were 8-2. and two, We finished alone in second place. I think that's that says something about our young team with the likes of St. Joe and Tolono in here. Um, even St. Thomas More, they had a good team. Um good players and for us to finish second behind a really good Minnesota team is says a lot for the caliber of players that we have absolutely and just looking at your guys' schedule down the stretch I mean it's hard to find anything that you would term a gimme uh, over the last you know month basically uh, you guys went to overtime with a, a Pontiac team that I think is a lot better than its record. Uh, you gave Monticello one of its only three losses on the season. Uh, you had to take on Unity. You had to take on Joliet Catholic. You had to take on uh, Paxton Buckley Loda, Moroa Forsyth, Bloomington Central Catholic, Iroquois West, Plano. Uh, I mean, these guys, these guys at this point, I mean, just how well prepared are they for the postseason? And just seeing all those different types of styles of play and types of players. How much do you think that's going to pay dividends as we get deeper into these playoffs? Well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping it pays the dividends that you know we were looking for when we scheduled those types of games. And like you said, Pontiac, you know, hats off to to them up there. They they got a really young team and they play hard. They play well. They're going to be a team to reckon with in our conference. And I, I actually think they have a really good shot at winning their regional. And it'll, I know they have, you know, a good team in there. They have to get by, but they're they're a well coached team, and they have improved a ton since the first of the year. Talking with Prairie Central boys basketball coach Darren Bazell, uh, looking at some of your guys. I know the last time we had you on the show, uh, we talked uh, all about your son Dylan, who's a junior for this program and has provided quite a bit of uh, of everything, really. Uh, just, just what have you seen from him down the stretch here that suggests that uh, he's capable of, uh, you know, potentially leading this team to some postseason wins? I know there's other guys around him who we'll talk about here shortly who are going to need to be important as well. But uh, just how have you seen Dylan step up in these in these big, meaningful games as the season has come down to the wire? Well, you just said it. He's, he's really become a leader. Um, I have a team of guys that are willing to share the ball, and he's he's one of them. Um, we do we do a good job of looking to find find the guy who's open, make the extra pass. Uh, but his his defense and and his awareness of what's going on on the court, we've we kind of moved him to a, a little point here late in the season as well, um, just because we felt we we set things up better and got into our offense better with him running it. Um, but you know we got Drew Habercorn who can put. Put a lot of points on the board in a in a short amount of time. Camden Pelmore is a great shooter, um, but yeah, Dylan's really stepped up, and he's come out of the shadow of his brother, 
and he's 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 a special player. He's he's our best defender, and he's really cherished that. I think that's that's blossomed him into other things. Is he's really like took that role of being the defensive guy on, and all the other stuff is now coming to him a little bit a little bit easier, a little bit more in the flow. And so I'm excited for what what he can do, and and very proud of him as a, as a dad for sure. And uh, there's so many underclassmen to talk about on this roster. Oh, I do yeah. want to. I, I misspoke earlier. I, I said you guys only have one senior, uh, and I was looking at Andy Krenz. I, I misspoke. Uh, Thomas Zimmerman, also a senior for this program. But looking at the uh, the underclass, I wanted to focus specifically on two sophomores who have made big contributions for you guys: uh, Levi Goad and Tyler Curl. Uh, just how important have their contributions been to what you guys have achieved so far? They've been huge. I mean, there's no doubt we'd probably be a 500 team without them. I mean, they, they were big contributors. They've both of them has led our team in scoring at some point in time during the year. Tyler curl does an awesome job on the boards and you know, they've, they've gotten a lot of experience in this 30 game season and they have gotten better and, and the mistakes that they made early on in the year, they're, they're no longer making. And so that's, that's where we want to be at the end of the year. And I, 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 I think they're going to have a great couple more years left in them. Um, but I, I can't be more happy with, with what I've gotten out of them for production-wise. Levi Gogan, see the court, amazing, great point guard. Um, he's got to learn how to distribute the ball a little more, and, and, and he's doing that, trying to set up guys to get them in scoring position. And, and now he's doing that, he's, he's really up to his game. And guys you can look at down in the post as far as size goes. you got Andy Krenz at 6'3", you got Junior Drew Fair at 6'2". And uh, one guy I think you might have mentioned briefly last time we had you on the show was another sophomore, Talon Steidinger, from the uh, seemingly endless Steidinger family, which uh, I know they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of wrestlers they contribute uh, over at Prairie Central, but you managed to get Talon locked down for the basketball team. And uh, how important has he been as well? I know he doesn't see the most minutes out of some of these guys we've been talking about, but it seems like the depth with somebody like him in the postseason is going to be really helpful. Well, we're real excited about him. Um, he did not play basketball last year as a freshman, and he has length. He's he's, he's pushing 6'3". Uh, he has long arms, and the last – Two weeks of the junior of his JV season, he's really blossomed and and really turned into a really nice player. I'm excited for him. We got another sophomore, another Steidinger, uh, Steidinger actually, uh, Gage, who's about six three. He's a post player. He's he's a great interior passer, and so I'm very excited for these young guys. Yeah, there's a long line of uh, Steidingers around here, <laughs> the lineage of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's look at your guys' uh, regional right now, the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Regional. Like you said earlier, you guys are going to open up against fifth-seeded Iroquois West. You guys are the fourth seed. Uh, just before we talk about that matchup, just this regional as a whole, and I know this sectional as a whole was extremely difficult, but top-seeded Monticello, eighth-seeded Paxton buckley Loda, along with you guys in Iroquois West, it's got to be pushed in as one of the tougher 2A regionals outside of the Chicago area, I would imagine. I I think so too. You know, originally when we got the four seed, I was like, you know, I felt a little, little shited by that a little bit, um, being that we were second in our conference, and I know conference wasn't over at that time. But how it worked out, I'm I'm happy where we're at because we, you know, we get to go to Gibson, which is only twenty twenty thirty minutes for most people in our school district, so it's it's the closest venue we could be at. Um, I probably have been a little mad driving right by Gibson to go to Tolono, you know, so. <laughs> It worked out that we're there, 
And, uh, you know, we got to make the most of it. And, and we know we cannot have, uh, you know, an average game. We, we have to be at the top of our game to beat these teams. Um, and like we said, you mentioned Iroquois West, they, they, have a, they have a good team. And they got this 6'9 kid that we don't have anyone that size. So it's, you know, it's a tough matchup for us. Absolutely. Uh, Cannon Leonard is who you're referring to there, who is uh, mm-hmm. probably more well-known as a football player, but uh, when you put him on a basketball court, I imagine he's tough to slow down as well. But one thing that uh, I have to point out is that you uh, you guys play at Iroquois West twice in the regular season. You managed to beat them both times, 62-47 uh, to 47 back on November 27th, and then very recently before the postseason, 55-46 on February 11th. Uh, I know the saying is it's tough to beat a team three times, but how much does having those two wins help your guys going into this this third game? Well, I think that's I think it's huge. I think it's very important. Um, you know, looking at it from from their point of view, I, I would be like, I don't know if we can beat these these guys. You know, they've already beat us twice, so I think I think that's that's an advantage there. Um, and I, I know our side of things. You know, we're we're stressing that, you know, I know you beat them twice, but we, they didn't play their best game against us. Even the last game, neither team was really showing each other what we were going to do. And so that was kind of a, one of those things that I think uh, both coaches were just kind of going to go do what we do normal and not, not push the boundaries in anything. So I expect different things being throw it, thrown at us. I'm sure they're expecting the same type of thing. Um, so I think our guys are ready. They're ready to they're ready to go to battle. Darren Bazell, Prairie Central Boys basketball coach, you can catch his Hawks facing Iroquois West on Wednesday at seven thirty PM over in Gibson City. Darren, thanks again for joining us tonight and good luck to the boys on Wednesday night. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always glad to be joined by Darren, and uh, thanks again for his insight. Yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about all the regional matchups locally here uh, after the next break. But yeah, this uh, this Gibson City Melvin Sibley regional, along with the, the Unity regional that Darren alluded to, are two of what have got to be the toughest Class Two A regionals that don't involve any Chicago schools. Just some some ridiculously high quality basketball teams in those in those two regionals. But we will touch on that and more after our next break on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. When we come back, though, before we talk about boys' hoops, we're going to hear from a pair of Tuscola girls' basketball players, so stay tuned. This week's Fighting Illini Army ROTC High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. 644, welcome back to the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show. I am Colin Likas, and you are with us for the next 15 minutes until we close out and lead into the Brad Underwood Show over at Papa Dell's. Let's go ahead and talk some more girls basketball here, specifically with the Tuscola Warriors. They are 24-7, and one of those nine girls basketball teams still playing in the postseason. They are a three-seed, and they are going to take on top-seeded Nioga tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. over in Tuscola in a sectional semifinal. I caught up with athletes Sophie Kremitsky and Taylor Musgrave earlier today to discuss that matchup and more. Let's take a listen. Glad to be joined now on the U of I ROTC Prep Basketball Confidential Radio Show by Sophie Kremitsky and Taylor Musgrave, two members of the Tuscola girls basketball team that is going to be taking on Nioga tomorrow night in a Class 1A Tuscola sectional semifinal game. Girls, thanks so much for being part of our show this evening. You're welcome. And uh, Sophie, I'll ask you the first question, just uh, as far as getting to win a regional championship with that victory over Central A&M on Saturday, 43-33. to 
what did that mean to you guys to have that first piece of hardware in the bank and to know that your hard work is uh, paid off into something like that? It means a lot. Um, last year we lost um, a lot of seniors that played a lot of time last year. And so I think a lot of people didn't expect us to be able to come out and win as many games that we did. So that just makes the win even better. And Taylor, I'm sure it was an opponent that you guys weren't exactly expecting. But how did you prepare for an opponent who not only was maybe not expected, but also one you saw during the regular season in Central A&M, a team that's one of your Central Illinois Conference opponents? Um, we watched the Central A&M and Salt Fork game and just saw how much better A&M got. They were rebounding hard, had a lot of energy, and we knew it was going to be a completely different game and that we'd have to play our best game and take them out of all their things if we wanted to win that title. We worked hard the day before in practice going over all their thing, all their plays and going over how we run defense certain things. So I thought we were pretty well prepared. Now, Sophie, as far as just the way that game came about with the scheduling, obviously the, the poor weather last week led to it being postponed from Thursday all the way until Saturday afternoon. How did you guys uh, prepare for that shift? Uh, how did it affect you guys, if at all? I mean, you were preparing for a game that was supposed to happen on Thursday. It gets moved two days. A game of that magnitude, it really could have thrown you off. Yeah, we were definitely ready to play Thursday. But um, getting the game pushed back because of the weather just got us even more pumped because it gave us an extra day of practice. And um, we had a really good practice the day before we went and played. Um, so I actually think it helped us out a lot. And, Taylor, just take me through what the the aftermath was after you guys finished off that victory, what the celebration was like for you guys, uh, you know, balancing how much you enjoyed getting that win and getting that postseason hardware, but also knowing that the job's not done. There's a lot of smiles, and we really wanted to play back here for a sectional. We didn't want to host a sectional and not be playing in it. So we were all happy. Um, everyone contributed that game, so everyone was just picking each other up and celebrating on the court, taking a lot of pictures. Talking with Sophie Kramitsky and Taylor Musgrave, two players for the Tuscola Girls Basketball Program. And, Sophie, you guys have been on, on a roll ever since the end of the Monticello Holiday Hoopla Tournament. Uh, when you guys lost in Yoga in the championship game, you guys have only lost one game since then, and it was to a state-ranked Cowden-Herrick team. Just how has this team been able to play so strongly down the stretch through the months of January and February? Yeah, like I said, um, we lost a lot of seniors. So in the beginning of our season, um, we didn't have a ton of chemistry. But um, I think we finally learned where each other are going to be on the court, and we've gotten used to playing with each other more. And um, I think that's helped us later in the season. Um, just knowing where everybody's going to be and how each other plays, and we play more like a team than what we did. And, Taylor, is there a game in particular, it could be a win or a loss, that you guys really feel like you started to click and you guys maybe recognized, okay, we're we're getting things pointed in the direction we want them to? Um, I can't pinpoint a certain game. But I think around conference, going into the conference tournament, we, we really wanted conference this year, and we got – the two-seed in conference, we knew we were going to probably play Clinton for the championship and wanted that rematch. I feel like winning that conference championship, we really were like, we can make a deep postseason run. Now, so if you're talking about the uh, team chemistry, it just seems like there are so many different athletes on this team who can contribute in some way, whether it's scoring, rebounding, dishing out assists, blocking shots. Did you guys expect to have quite the level of balance that you guys have achieved throughout this season? Um, I think everybody on the team is super athletic, but I also think everybody also knows their roles. And um, and I think that's a really important thing um, because we can all count on each other to do a certain thing, and uh, we all have each other's backs. 
and Taylor looking at your guys' postseason run so far, playing two games with the third one coming up. You guys are well accustomed to playing in tournaments like this, uh, not necessarily win or go home, but during the regular season, you played in the Oakwood Classic, you played in the Holiday Hoopla at Monticello, you played in your conference tournament. How much did just being part of those events help prepare you guys for the postseason? I think it's helped a lot. Like, I feel like um, on Saturday, we didn't really come out nervous at all. We knew that if we came out nervous, we needed a strong start. So kind of the Oakwood tournament and the Hoopla, we came out very nervous, weren't really used to that environment, but now I feel like we kind of are. So we just adapt to it and just continue to play our game. Now, Sophie, like you guys have mentioned, you're going to be playing in a sectional on your home court. How much of a help, how much of an advantage do you guys feel that is to know that you're going to be in a familiar gymnasium and you're not going to have to make a lengthy trip like so many other teams will? Yeah, just like Taylor said, um, in the hoopla, you know, we were in a different environment. And I think being able to play on our uh, home court and being able to have more fans come because we won't have to travel a distance um, will help a lot because it will just bring a lot of energy um, from the stands just to us on the court playing. And, uh, Taylor, you guys will be the biggest show in town that night. You're going to be the only athletic event going on, you guys, and then, of course, the game before you guys between Tri-County and Effingham St. Anthony. We know how sports-crazy the folks at Tuscola are, so how much does that home crowd help you guys out during the course of the game? And just what is it like playing in front of the Tuscola Warrior fan base? It's a lot of fun playing. Tuscola always shows out for big games, and we know we'll have their uh, support tomorrow night. Our student section is something that, can help us win a lot of games and help with the energy. So we hope to have a big student section tomorrow night. I know we'll have a lot of fa- like we'll have, we'll have a lot of family there and a lot of friends there watching. And probably some past to school players probably trying to make the trip to the game as well. Now, Sophie, uh, looking at your next opponent, Nioga, going to be playing them at 7:30 p.m. Obviously, you guys are familiar with Nioga, having played them for that Holiday Hoopla Championship. What did you guys learn in that first game that's going to maybe allow you to flip the tables on Nioga this time and pick up a victory? Um, I think we've learned more about their defense. Um, The first time that we played them, they switched their defense quite a bit. And so I think we've made adjustments um, and have put in some different plays that will give us more options to run on offense. And, Taylor, I know you guys can't overlook Neoga by any means, but I'm going to look ahead slightly. Like I said, Tri-County and Effingham St. Anthony are in the other sectional semifinal. You played Tri-County within four points back in November, and you were supposed to face Effingham-St. Anthony, but that game ultimately got canceled. Uh, just how much would you look forward to the opportunity to maybe rematch Tri-County and uh, possibly come out with a win there or actually have that game against Effingham-St. Anthony with a sectional title on the line? I know a lot of us really want to see Tri-County again. It's kind of became a little bit of a rival the last couple of years. It was a team we always wanted to be in. The Thanksgiving tournament, it was really early, early in the season for both teams, so it would be really fun to play them again late postseason again on our home court and see if we can turn things around. Sophie Kremetsky and Taylor Musgrave, Tuscola girls basketball athletes. You can catch them tomorrow night when they face Neoga at 7.30 p.m. in a Class 1A sectional semifinal in Tuscola. Girls, thanks again for being part of the show, and good luck on Tuesday night. Thank you. Thanks again to Tuscola, Sophie Kremetsky and Taylor Musgrave for talking with me earlier today. I was at that first Tuscola-Nioga game back in December, mm-hmm. and uh, Tuscola looked great in the first quarter. And there, there, there was a lull in the middle periods, especially in the second quarter. They just couldn't get anything going. I think if they eliminate that, they could beat Nioga this time. Payback time. They are going to beat Nioga this time. I like Calvin that. I like your confidence. Thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, so let's go ahead now. We highlighted our girls' games earlier, sectional semifinals. Jim made predictions. Let's do it with the boys' regional mm-hmm. semifinals. We have 14 games to talk about, so mm-hmm. we'll go through them fairly quickly here. Mm-hmm. First up in the Class 3A Morton regional semifinals, we have fourth-seeded Centennial against fifth-seeded Normal West, a Big 12 conference rematch. Well, that's the Chargers uh, uh, taking it to Normal West. All right. Uh, Normal West beat Centennial by a nah. point earlier in the season, Whatever. so that was a close game. Uh, worth noting, Centennial is the only reason Normal Community does not have a perfect record this season. That's crazy, so isn't it? Watch out for Centennial. Uh, in the Class 3A Muhammad Seymour Regional Semifinals, we got top seeded Lincoln against ninth seeded Urbana. Urbana, as much as I love uh, the Tigers, not going to be able to uh, take a beat Lincoln. You're going with Neil Alexander and his, uh, what, 850th win, roughly? Scott Ritchie is going to visit Coach Alexander tomorrow for a story they'll run in advance of the state tournament. So uh, I need Lincoln probably to win and keep him in a good mood. <laughs> Sounds good. And also in that regional uh, host, third seed Muhammad Seymour against sixth seeded Danville. Uh, Muhammad Seymour will win that game and then beat Lincoln in a uh, in the regional title game. They were close uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, showed me some potential. Uh, go Bulldogs. All right. In the Class 2A Gibson City, Melvin Sibley Regional, we talked a little bit about before. It's the top seed of Monticello Sages against the eighth seed of Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. Love the Sages. And in the same regional, the fourth seed of Prairie Central Hawks against the fifth seed of Iroquois West Raiders. Those are the Raiders because they're really tall. Wow. Okay. That's a little bit of an upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Class 2A Unity Regional Semifinals, second-seeded St. Joseph Ogden against seventh-seeded Oakwood. Well, St. Joe will win that to set up that Unity uh, showdown on a Friday night that no one will for- remember <laughs> or forget. No one will remember. So I will go ahead and assume then, third-seeded mm-hmm. Unity, sixth-seeded Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, yep. Alvin, you're Sorry, taking. Sorry, Blue Devils, they got to get that Unity-St. Joe game. Okay. Well, St. Joe did beat Oakwood in the regular season, and Unity beat BHRA, so mm-hmm. there you go. In the Class 1A Arcola Regional Semifinals, top-seeded Tuscola against 10th-seeded La Salette. The Warriors uh, in a route. Fourth-seeded Okaw Valley against fifth-seeded Arcola. Arcola Purple Riders will uh, rise to the occasion. Our Okaw Valley beat them in the regular season by, I think, a single point, yeah. so good competitive game there. In the Class 1A St. Thomas More Regional, it's second-seeded St. Thomas More against seventh-seeded Georgetown Ridge Farm. The Sabres, um, although the Buffaloes are, are a pesky bunch. Yes, they are. Fourth-seeded Decatur Lutheran against fifth-seeded Salt Fork. The Storm with an upset. They're mad the girls' team lost. I like the boys that. will exact revenge on that. I like that. In the Class 1A Decatur St. Teresa Regional, we've got the top-seeded Saragorda Bement Broncos <clears throat> against the 11th-seeded Argenta Oriana Bombers. Don't mess with Connor Brown. That's right. Yeah. The other uh, matchup in that semifinal is a non-local matchup, but it's St. Teresa against Mount Pulaski. And the Class 1A Milford Regional Semifinals, we got second-seeded Milford against ninth-seeded St. Anne. Bearcats rolling. And third-seeded Leroy against seventh-seeded Watsika. There's the Warriors. I picked against their girls. I'm picking their boys for the upset, all right? Mark Edmondson's going to come after you. Leroy, boys basketball coach. And that'll do it for Jim Rosso's predictions that you can choose to get mad at or not get mad at. Mm -hmm. Let let them know. (laughs) Hey, we got an Athlete of the Week coming up uh, this week. I know we owed a couple, too. On Wednesday, we're going to have a bunch of visitors coming into our studio. That's right. We'll have uh, Geo Christian's Evan Payan, who uh, wasn't able to make it last week because the East Central Illinois Conference Tournament got rescheduled because of the weather. Also going to honor last week's honoree Uni High's Lara Marinov. Uh, and now it's time to recognize another athlete who put up a huge record-setting point total mm-hmm. on Saturday. It is Salt Fork boys basketball player Garrett Taylor. Perhaps better known for either football or his uh, throwing as a track and field thrower. He's a reigning state champion in discus throwing, Class 1A. But he's a pretty good basketball player, too. He put up a new school record 40 Mm. points 
or at least new program record, 40 points in a win over Uni High in Saturday's Class 1A regional quarterfinals. And uh, they needed those 40 points. It was 85-72, so a good competitive game. Uni High games tend to be very high scoring, and Salt Fork was up to the challenge. Colin, I'd be interested, and maybe this is a uh, project down the road, to uh, list our single game scoring records mm-hmm. uh, maybe for every school i would love to know uh, who holds that record yeah certainly. we need some uh some hundred point scoring marks that uh, that might have happened uh, back in the day something mm-hmm. like that but yeah there's probably some gaudy point totals that uh hold records uh, i'm sure let's see over danville Aaron haupt might have set a, a record okay. before she left a uh, couple or uh, last season I would like that. Uh, a couple seasons ago, you did a thousand point mm-hmm. scores, and uh, all the area kids who have reached that kind of cool yep. uh, plateau. So uh, let's uh, work on that. What do yeah, you think? I need to. I still need to find a way to get the thousand point scores. Let's back on the website when our uh, when we made the transition over to our new system here. Mm-hmm. I think it got pulled down from the website uh, because reasons. I, I I'm not very technolo- technology savvy there. But uh, try to get that back up on the website soon, and then I'll follow through on uh, this next project. All right, where are you going to be this week, Colin? Well, I will be over in Farmer City tomorrow night for the two Class 1A Blue Ridge sectional semifinals in girls basketball, top-seeded Mount Pulaski against fourth-seeded Ridgeview, and top-seeded Watsika against sixth-seeded St. Thomas Moore. Should be interesting. Going to head over to Muhammad on Wednesday to see the Class 3A boys regional semifinals involving mm. Lincoln and Urbana, as well as Muhammad Seymour against Danville. And that's kind of to be determined. Uh, as we mentioned before, the weather is supposed to be bad on Thursday. We're supposed to get a bunch of snow again. Uh, so we'll see. Um, Friday might end up being really, really busy with what might end up being sectional semi or sectional finals for girls and regional finals for boys, plus the start of the boys' state swimming and diving meet and the boys' dual team regional meet for wrestling and the girls' individual wrestling state meet. Yeah. There's going to be a lot going on on Friday. Plenty to keep you busy. Congratulations to the Central Maroons for uh, their uh, boys' swimming success over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. We had a lot of state qualifiers who so we'll detail uh, later on this week in the, in the news because that's pages. All right. Well, Friday night, uh, the weather is not going to be bad. We're going to have some pretty cool action. I'm guessing you'll be at Unity St. Joe maybe. Hmm. You think it, Jim is convinced that will be the matchup. So <laughs> Oakwood and Bismarck, <laughs> you, you, your job is, I guess, to go out and try and prove him wrong. All right. Well, uh, looking forward to meeting all our athletes of the week at UIROTC. They get the special plaque. And uh, we'll see some Wednesday. We'll see uh, some the next Wednesday. Pick up your Friday News Gazette to uh, see the award in print. How about that? Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us tonight. All right, Dave, Colin, uh, on to Coach Underwood at Papa Dell's. We'll talk to you next week.